0: Okay, hey, the recording, let's go to live on Facebook. You guys can still hear me fine, right? Yes. yes. Okay, great.
1: Maybe I should pull up the questions.
0: Right, guys, I think we might be good to go. Alright, prayerfully. All right. I think we can sit here as we are, and it just really is me hitting um one button to take us live. And we should be good to go. All right. So Monday's a big day, huh, Sarita, when you guys are starting officially back to school?
1: Um, Yeah, so Monday morning we have to have, our lessons have to be posted by 8 a.m. on Monday, mm-hmm. and then Tuesday is when our classes resume. So like okay. Monday, Tuesday morning, I Tuesday is an A day, Wednesday okay. is a B day, so I have class from 9 to nine thirty, nine thirty to ten, ten to 10.30, but that's third period, so I'm I'm off third period, so I'm teaching three periods a day for a total of an hour and a half, and then I have office hours, so that should be interesting because typically our classes are over an hour, so we're condensing everything down to 30 minutes. Wow. Woo. So it should, um, it should be interesting, but I don't think I have to teach per se. I think I just have to push the lesson out and be available for students if they have any questions, but most okay. of my students... Like I've kept in contact with them and they're like, well, we sleep all day and we do whatever at night. And I'm like, well, my office hours are from 12 to two. I'm not staying up all night to accommodate you. So I have
0: to adjust their routine a bit.
1: Yeah. And I told them that I'm like, when this virtual classroom stuff starts, you're going to have to adjust your schedule. Right. Um, But of course, they're kids. So (laughs) we shall see. Right. Gotcha. Yep.
0: So, um, just FYI, when we go, I don't know if you all have done like I've done um, live on Facebook just by myself, but when it looks like when I go through this platform for a panel, everything is delayed by about twenty seconds. So, um, just FYI, I thought it was kind of odd when I was trying to set it up earlier, and then I realized it's just a delay. Okay. All right. Any questions, any concerns that you guys have that you wanted to make me aware of before we jump in?
2: No, ma'am.
1: Not real well, I thought I was I, I thought there were gonna be other educators, so I I didn't um anticipate being the only one. So imagine how I feel right now. But I agree with you. Oh, um, um, it's but I'll do my though. best to hmm. I said I'll do my best to answer. All of the questions.
0: It'll um, be a free flow, and really, it, you know, we'll, we'll touch on the questions. I'll definitely keep them going so that there's content that we're, you know, we're talking and discussing. Um, at the same time, we'll just let it kind of free flow. And again, I wasn't expecting it. The I think what it'll just mean is it'll be a shorter time. We may okay. we don't have to do not about the whole hour. We may do about thirty minutes, and then um, fifteen with Demetra, and then finish, you know, in about forty-five minutes. Okay. No pressure okay. either way because with the podcast, I can um, break things up. I can put music in between. Like there's some things I can do with the actual podcast that this is going to be fine. Okay. Okay. So, and don't worry about it. Like, again, I am, I'm just appreciative that you guys are here and let me see, Last check for Sierra because she said she would let me know, but I haven't heard back from her either. So it is what it is. I'm going to open in prayer and we're going to let God does what, do what he does best. Okay. Mm -hmm. dearly father we thank you for this opportunity that we come together father god and we ask more than anything else that you receive the honor and the glory touch each and every one of us that are participating tonight father god remove us and allow your spirit to shine through in our conversation allow nothing but love to emanate from the information that we share and thank you lord for being in the midst of this we give you all the honor and the glory in jesus most precious name amen amen Amen. all right y'all we're gonna go live
1: Uh, 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 uh. okay, let see. All
0: right, well Hold on one moment. All right, guys, we gotta take it from the top. Hold on. Of course, I am now having technical difficulties at the magic moment on. Bear with me, ladies. I'm April Crawford, and thank you for joining me this, uh, well, today, for the Empowered to Rise Above recording of uh, today's episode, which is called Educators, Our Children, and COVID 19. I am so pleased that you all are joining me, and I am even more grateful that I have two amazing panelists for tonight's discussion. Uh, I have with me Sarita Brown, who is a second year Um, Second grade, I'm sorry, second year, sixth grade language arts teacher and also sixth grade team leader at Southwest Academy in Baltimore County. She has a BA in English and MS in Human Services Administration from the University of Baltimore. She is currently pursuing her uh, Master in Education and Secondary Ed at Grand Canyon University. So Sarita, welcome tonight. Thank you. You are more than welcome. I'm glad you're here. I also had the pleasure of having Demetra Kearney, who is a Director of Clinical Services with BTST Services, which stands for Better Tomorrow, starts today, uh, uh, which is a mental health program that provides home-based therapy services, PRP mentoring and medication management services to children, adolescents, and adults in Baltimore City, and county Anne Arundel, Prince George's, Washington, Frederick, and other counties in the state of Maryland. Demetra has been a therapist for 20 years, providing mental health treatment, crisis intervention, and trauma-based services to clients and families in need. So again, ladies, I'm so grateful to have you with me as we kind of dig into um, tonight's discussion. And it has to do with the current situation that we're all experiencing with uh, the coronavirus pandemic. And so the intent is for you all to share your knowledge, your resources, and insights to assist uh, our parents, our listeners, in really helping our children through this very difficult time. And so the plan is that the information that you share tonight will provide coping skills, not only for the children, but also to parents because we need as much help, I think, as they do in getting through this season. So with all that being said, um, Sarita, I just want to talk to you a little bit and have you share why you chose to become an educator.
1: So basically, um, I would say that my path to being an educator, it kind of just happened. Um, I originally worked in the human services field um, in different organizations, um, and I lost my job in 2017. I was a program manager at a hospital, Um, and so I lost my job. Um, and so I began substitute teaching um, in December two thousand, December two thousand seventeen. Um, the first class that I substituted for was at Dundalk Elementary School. It was a first grade class, I believe, um, and I absolutely loved being a substitute teacher. I loved the students. I liked the school that I worked in, um, and so from being a substitute teacher, um, I knew that. The exhilaration and the joy that I had when I stepped into the classroom was unlike anything that I'd ever experienced in Mm -hmm. any other job that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I knew at that moment, I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Not to say that the time that I worked before was time wasted because it Mm -hmm. certainly prepared me, um, but teaching is what I was created to do. And so Mm -hmm. I started the the process of becoming certified. I'm still Mm -hmm. working on that piece. Um, but that, that's really how I became an educator. I started as a substitute teacher. Um, I interviewed with Southwest, Southwest Academy, Mm -hmm. um, and they decided to offer me a conditional certification and give me time to get certified and, you know, give me the opportunity to have my own classroom. So that was my process.
0: And the rest is history. is And the
1: rest is history. Yep.
0: (laughs) Yep. Awesome. Um, Demetra, how did you end up in the mental health field?
2: Wow. I wish I could say I had a a whole divine inspiration, but um, can you hear me? I can. Hold on one second. Looks like we're having technical
0: difficulties. Oh, no. Hold on. Hold on. We may have to pick up right where we left off. Just a moment. All right, I am not sure how we lost the connection, but we'll pick right up. Give me just a moment, okay, ladies? Mm -hmm. Are you all still there? Yes. Okay, good. I am not sure what happened. Like I totally lost everything. So we're gonna pick up and try to reconnect. All right, ladies, we're going to go again. I am reconnecting. And I believe we are back. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Yes. All right. excellent. Let's continue, Demetra, I believe I was speaking with you regarding just how you got involved in the mental health industry.
2: Okay, so when I went to college, I had no idea, this is so embarrassing, but I had no idea what my major was going to be, didn't know what I was going to do, and I kind of pushed it till the end of the line where you have to declare a major, Okay. so I actually took a child psych class, and I sat in class, had never heard of a therapist, didn't know anything about it, but I realized this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and so um, from that point forward, I, of course, declared a major, and I decided to go into counseling, and the rest is history. And 20 years later, here you are. Plus years later, yes.
0: So have you, um, tell me a little bit about, I guess, what areas you've worked in the mental health industry.
2: Has it always been where you are now, doing what you're doing now? No, I actually started out working at Shepherd Pratt. So I was working at a psychiatric hospital and I was working uh, on most of the inpatient units for children, adolescents, for adults. Um, Then I also worked in some of the outpatient settings and the schools. I pretty much tried to do everything that I could while I was at the hospital. And then I actually started doing outpatient therapy from there. So once I finished graduate school, then I did get a job as an outpatient therapist. Um, and I'll be honest, most of the work that I've done is always home-based. I briefly had a job at an outpatient clinic. It was horrible because nobody ever showed up for therapy. So I decided to stay on the streets and do outpatient where I could go to people's homes. Got you. So mm-hmm.
0: it, I lost you just a little bit of you there.
2: I'm here.
0: Okay. Um, so you, you mentioned that you had individuals that, that at the time could come in to
2: see you, but they wouldn't show up? No, they really wouldn't show up. Outpatient services clinic-based can be difficult because of transportation issues. Mm-hmm. So um, the whole idea of doing home-based services makes it easy because people just have to be home for therapy. They don't really have to worry about getting in the car, paying for the bus, trying to find a babysitter, finding a ride. All of those things are off the table. Mm-hmm makes it easy. That makes
0: sense. That makes sense. So tonight, ladies, as you know, we're talking about our children education and the current environment that we're in. Um, Our children have been out of school for how long, Sarita? Three weeks?
1: Three weeks. Three weeks. weeks. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. And we're headed to be out at this point. We're slated until the end of April, I think is the current time frame, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So with that being said, um, how has the situation, I guess, impacted you personally and professionally, Sarita?
1: Um, well, personally, well, personally, um, it's been difficult. Like the first week that we were out um, was very difficult because we initially were supposed to just be out for two weeks. Um, And there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of, well, we're not sure if we're coming back. We're not sure how big this is going to be. We're not sure. We're not sure. And there was really no communication. So the first week um, was extremely difficult. Um, I had a lot of anxiety because I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about my students, the students who don't come from perfect homes, the students Mm who are homeless, the students who get their meals for the day from school. Mm -hmm. So my concern was the students like how are we handling you know those students um and that that was tough for me personally because in the classroom i form relationships with my students and so when i can't see them it's like well what am i supposed to do now so professionally um quite honestly i haven't done anything related to school um and that probably sounds terrible Um, But when I don't have that interaction with my students, it's like, what's the point, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so just this week, we have had PDs and I've had meetings with my department and everything. And we've been talking about the next steps forward. So now I'm just I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. And now with next week, starting the virtual classrooms, I don't have anything set up, Um, but the lessons are done. So that's a good thing. I just have to put them out there. Um, but without that that interaction with my students, this is this is really difficult. I mean, I know we'll meet together virtually, but it's not the same mm-hmm. as that person to person interaction because that's really how you teach through relationships,
0: right? You and interactions, the back and and interaction,
1: forth. right? Right. And so, thankfully, I've established that with my students because it's you know it's third quarter, so we have that rapport, we have that connection, but you know, going into the latter part of the year, you really need that because the students are tired and they're burnt exactly. out. Exactly. And, and they so need now. that.
0: They need the back and forth. They need the interaction.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Guys, hold tight. I think we lost our connection again. <laughs> this is this is just a, It's a wonderful time to try this and to get it done. Oh, Hold on just a second. We're going to go back in. The good thing is I have the audio running. So I should be able to preserve this for the podcast. Okay. So that part of it should be fine. It's just those who are tuning in online are getting a little bit here, a little bit there. I don't know why we keep dropping the connection. All right, hold on. I'm going to try it again. Do either of you all have the Facebook page up? I can pull it up. I was just
1: curious. I have it. I have it up on my phone. Like it's. Let me see. Let
2: me refresh it.
0: Joining me, and I am even more grateful that
1: I have two amazing. So the video. It's live, but it's the beginning.
0: Okay, that's fine.
1: Yeah. So, oh, okay, now it's. So, Rita, we're going to go ahead and pick up. Okay. Um, so the video uh-huh. It's live, but it's the beginning. Oh. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, did it record that? Uh-oh. Oh, okay. Now it's...
0: <laughs> we'll check it out. Don't worry about it. Let's get back on. We'll record so we weekend live. We'll okay. And the rest uh, will just go video. from there. I'll pull what I need uh-huh. from the audio. It's live,
1: but it's the beginning. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oops. <laughs> Oops. oh <Uh-oh>. Oh, okay,
0: now it's, we'll check it out. <laughs> My <a> Facebook fan, <laughs> to the Facebook folks that are watching live, this is hilarious, because this has been a test in true um, ability and tenacity to make the whole technology piece uh work so we apologize if this has been intermittent or if we've lost you and then we've come back in we do apologize uh i I hope to have all of this put together cohesively on the podcast and that'll be posted and available to you guys as well thank you for hanging in there guys i appreciate your uh the um the uh support and patience so sarita we were just talking about getting back to school next week Mm -hmm. and being able to see your kids again and to have them uh, interact with you. And I know you do a little bit of uh, social media with your kids as well. Is that right? I do. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about that.
1: I do. So this year I created a Instagram page um, specifically for my, it's for me, but for my students to interact (laughs) with me because of course they are not allowed to follow my personal page or be friends with me on Facebook or anything. OK. Um, and so I created a teacher page where I post all things related to school, encouraging things and, you know, updates and things like that. So every now and then I do go live with mm-hmm. them okay. um, used to have the interaction and they'll ask questions. We'll play games and things like that. And so they've been asking, um, well, when are we coming back to school and, you know, all of that. And so, of course, we don't have any definitive answers. Right. And so I just, you know, I interact with them there. We play games that they make up um, mm-hmm. just to keep that, that conversation, that rapport, the dialogue going, um, because I can't say that there are other teachers who do things like that. And, wow. you know, that's not taking anything away from them. Right. But for me, with this generation, like, you have to be able to connect with them through technology. Right. Um. I also use our, um, the BCPS platform Schoology and students can message me there and I message them back. Sometimes I get messages from parents um, and so we keep in contact there. Whenever I get an update, I post it there so that both the student and the parent can see it. But then to keep that rapport and that relationship, I go on Instagram and we just talk about life, whatever they, you know, whatever they want to talk about.
0: So what's the feel right now? Like when you speak to your kids, um, is are they anxious? Are they bored? Do you see signs of depression? I mean, like, what do you, what's the feel from them right now?
1: Um, well, right now, there's still a lot of uncertainty and yeah. they are, you know, a lot of them, like they're literally living their best life. Like they're sleeping all day, staying up all night, right. not really doing the work um, because the work that we have pushed out is not graded. It's really just practice to keep their skills sharp. And they know so, this. Right. right. And so I tried not to tell them that it wouldn't be graded, but now they're like, well, when is it due? And I'm like, technically it's not because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not grading it. So, um, a lot of them initially when we, when the date got pushed back, Mm -hmm. Uh, one student said to me, Ms. Brown, I'm gonna lose my mind if I stay in this house any longer. Wow. Now, I don't know if she was joking or if she Mm -hmm. was serious, but I do know that she's a student who has a pretty tight structure at home, or at least Mm -hmm. that's how it seems. Mm -hmm. And so she told me one day that she comes to school and she'll act out in school because she can get away with it there. And so a lot of students are like, "Well, this is dumb. I hate being in the house. Can we go back to school?" And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Man, that's interesting because when you're in school, we can't get you to do anything." Exactly. So, um it's really interesting to see that um that dynamic, that part of it. Um but the other interesting piece is that they're sharing these things with me because you know, older teachers or what have you, they might not share those things with them. But I've created a rapport where they can tell me, Ms. Brown, I hate it here. Come get me, Mm -hmm. you know, and they can be Um, real with you, right with no judgment, because I'm like, I get it. I don't like being in the house all day either. But, you know, it's what we have to do. So I always encourage them, you know, if you can go out, get some fresh air, but stay home, protect yourself, you know, and I always let them know that I'm thinking of them and their families, because really, that's Right, with no judgment because I'm like I get it I don't like being in the house all day either but you know it's what we have to do so I always encourage them you know if you can go out get some fresh air but stay home protect yourself you know and I always let them know that I'm thinking oh that was weird but that I'm thinking of them you know and their their safety is my you know my concern exactly course, so Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Like some students, I'm like, are you reading books at least? Because I tell my students, you should be reading for at least 20 minutes a day. And they're like, no, I'm playing video games all day. And I'm like, man, okay, well.
0: (laughs) How are the interactions going with their parents? And then I want to, I want to touch on that a little bit as far as them being at home. Do you think that they're getting the support that they need to stay focused?
1: So as far as far as parent interaction, since we've been out of school, I've heard from three parents. I teach 142 students.
2: Wow.
1: I've heard from three, four, okay, four parents. Um, And these are like some parents are frustrated Mm -hmm. because they're like, well, what are we supposed to do with all this work? And I'm just like, look parent, I'm not grading it. So it's really just to help your child practice and right. not lose the skills that we've learned already. Right. But in, uh, in all honesty, I would be okay if they just read for 20 minutes a day. Because those packets that they pushed out, I didn't create them. So I honestly, it's just a bunch of work put together by the curriculum office that's pushed out to students that covers everything that we've done so far this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's extensive. Like I look through it and I'm like, man, this is a lot to you know to have to do
0: and if you don't understand it you don't understand it where you are like if they don't if they don't get it and it just becomes words on paper
1: right then it's, it's
0: probably right. likely they're, they're not going to be able to take it in and comprehend it
1: right and so and for a lot of my students in the sixth grade they're not on grade level they're mm-hmm. not reading and comprehending at a sixth grade level I have a student who is reading at a third grade level and comprehending at a first grade level so he can't without parent assistance He'll struggle getting the work done. He struggles in class, even with me, you know, teaching the information. So Mm -hmm. that's that's a concern as well for students who are not on grade level. Right how are they getting the support? And I know parents are probably frustrated because they come and look to us as educators to be able to fix the problem. Right. But by the sixth grade it's too late. Like there's not really a whole lot that I can do as a language arts teacher to help Mm -hmm. your child get on grade level, because I'm expected to teach at a sixth grade level. I can't teach your child at a third grade level because that's where they comprehend.
0: So, so what do we do? What's the plan to keep our, I guess, parents as involved as possible. And and again, it all starts with whether or not they even have an interest. Because right. if they're not interested, right. it's not a whole lot that you can do at the end of the day. Right. But do you have suggestions or recommendations to help them be a little more um,
1: engaging with their kids? So I think the first thing that parents have to do is, like you said, be interested. Um, because at this point, you don't have the teacher really to like push all of that on. And so Mm -hmm. now the parent has to take and have an invested interest in their student, in their child's education. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing I would say is to be patient um, because it's, it's a lot. I mean, some parents may have one child who's not on grade level, but I'm in a classroom with 30 children who aren't on grade level. Right. And so you have to dif- be able to differentiate instruction. And that's not something that you're taught. Like you really just, it's trial by fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just encourage parents to be patient with your child because number one, the structure that is set forth by school, they mm-hmm. haven't had that for three weeks. Right. And so now we're transitioning into these virtual classrooms where there is structure Mm-hmm. but they haven't had structure for three weeks and for, and that's a long time to not have any structure because even when we were in school, kids go home for the weekend and come back, you still have to reteach those skills. You have to reteach those procedures. Right. And so it's, it's a lot, you know? And so parents, you know, need to be patient and implement and set a schedule and stick to it to give the students some sense of normalcy. Um, because we could be doing this until the end of the school year. And so and beyond
0: it's- at this point, because you don't have a timeline, right? Like we don't right. have a time frame at this a time frame at this point when we right. anticipate this is gonna shift. And so right. as the kids are at home with their parents and they're trying to stay focused or try to stay engaged, it, it can be challenging. So as parents are getting the kids ready over this weekend in preparation mm-hmm. for uh, going back to school virtually, um, what would you give them? I mean, I guess it's, it's about structure. Would you agree it's about routine? Absolutely. Okay.
1: If, I mean, that's the main thing, um, because the work... Um, like the work is self-paced. So while we have like set blocks of time where we meet with the students in the virtual classroom, the student has the entire week to do the work. So it's really all about setting that structure, having that time, like class starts at 9 a.m. So Mm -hmm. you can't go to bed at 2 a.m. and expect to be up 9 a.m. bright out, bushy tail and ready to work. So you have to set those things in place and keep them in place so that the student doesn't fall behind. Because, you know, there's no coach class in the virtual classroom.
0: There you go. There you go. Give oh, me just a moment. Okay.
1: okay. Bright out, bushy tail, and ready to work. So you have to set those things in place and keep them in place so that <clears throat> the student doesn't fall behind. Because, you know, there's no coach class in the virtual classroom. There you go. There you go. Give oh, me just a moment. Okay. Bright out, bushy tail, and ready to work. So
0: you have to set those things in place. All right, great. Um, I agree with you, and I think that it's important for the parents to get in that mindset again. I know something we talked about offline, um, and it may have been with you, Demetra. I was talking about parents being under their own level of uh, pressure right now, with many of them perhaps losing their jobs or being under. Underemployed, or simply the uncertainty of what's next in this current pandemic environment. And mm-hmm. so the pressures that they're carrying as adults or parents, they inevitably can pass down to their kids. And I know a great conversation you and I had, Demetra, was about making sure that the conversations we're having with our kids during this time is
2: age appropriate. Absolutely. So, We have to consider the fact that this is new for all of us. Um, None of us have been through this before. Kids are adjusting to not being in school when they were in school one day, and now they're out of school. And again, like Sarita said, the uncertainty of really not knowing when things are going to go back to normal. And so if you really think about it, this is our new normal right now, which means we're all trying to find our place. We're all trying to adjust. And you're right, there's tremendous pressure. A lot of pressure is coming from the media Um, Governor Hogan is on TV every day, the president's on every day, there's always updates, there's always new information, and it can be very stressful. Mm -hmm. On top of the fact that people were probably already under some level of stress prior to this, Mm -hmm. this doesn't make it any better for anybody. And so, you know, one of the things we always encourage people to do is have conversation. Um, Kids have questions, and they're very inquisitive, and they really know a lot more than sometimes we give them credit for. Mm -hmm. Great, Sarita, that you've been having conversations with your students, because we all need a place to put those things. We have questions, we have concerns, we have feelings, we have thoughts. And if we can't flush them out, we end up drawing our own conclusions, which, which can be very confusing for our child, because A plus B equals X, and it ends up being a whole lot in between that they've either made up or they've concluded on their own, but they don't have the information. And so having discussions uh, is a great thing to do, but you do want to keep keep it age appropriate. Certainly, Mm -hmm. conversations should be with adults um, behind closed doors. It's not good for your kids to hear about the level of stress that you're under because anxiety is one of those things that's tangible. And so if I'm anxious and somebody else is in the room, there's a good chance that they can feel the register of anxiety coming off of me. And so um, we've seen it before with parents who have children who are anxious, but it's more so that they're really just picking up the anxiety and the anxiety behaviors of the parent. And so when we talk about the transparency, number one, we're talking about having conversations that can say, yes, I'm a little concerned about what's going on. Mm -hmm. However, then we have to pull that back so that as adults, we're not scaring kids with what's going on. Uh And so um, there's a lot of material that's going out now, um, worksheets and handouts and information for children about the COVID-19 so that they can have an understanding in their own language, according to their age, so that they get a better understanding of what's happening. Because the opposite is that we don't want to just tell them everything's okay. When they can feel from us that it's not, they can Uh feel the anxiety, they can feel the stress, they can see Uh it over us. And so we don't want to lie, but we don't want to overwhelm them at the same time. Does that make sense?
0: Makes a lot of sense. Yep. It really does. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, you and I talked to Mitra offline and we were talking about the, the new norm. And so one of the things I shared with you is that I had a parent who expressed to me the concern that, that she had over with her daughter because this is her senior year. And it didn't even cross my mind that we have to deal with prom and senior day and all the activities that come around graduation that you've looked forward to all this time mm-hmm. and that now it's not going to happen in the traditional means in which you had expected. So how, how would we um, ask the
2: parent and or the child to deal with that? So I think, number one, we have to validate the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, in the midst of all of us being concerned about um, loss of life and family members being sick and the concern about making sure that we're healthy and our families are healthy, mm-hmm. um, jobs and finances, all of these things that as adults we're concerned about, kids are concerned about their own things and they have their own circle of experience. And so I was thinking about it earlier because, you know, we did talk about it last night and I really thought about it. It's a loss. Mm-hmm. and It really mm-hmm. is almost something you can liken to grief. Right. Something that they've anticipated, you know, your last part of your senior year is everything. You're yeah. going to prom, you're doing activities, you're preparing for graduation, you're looking into colleges, you're kind of in this bittersweet place where you're excited to get out of school because you right. want to get away from all of that, you know, everything that was going on and getting rid of these teachers that you, some of them, not like you, Sarita, but some of these teachers that you've <laughs> decided that you're no longer you know, willing to deal with anymore, but at the same time, it is a turn into adulthood. And so that means that all of these things are no longer gonna be your daily. And right. so that's why you see sometimes kids at graduations who are happy and then they start crying at the same time. Yes. It's, it's the excitement of transitioning, but it's the realization that this is the end of the road for this period in my life. And so with all that building up, the graduation is really the culmination of that where you get to let all of that out and that's being taken away from them. And of course we have to you know, keep safety in mind. So it's not even a question of whether or not it can be done. But I think at the end of the day, parents can validate their kids' experience. They can validate their feelings. They can validate the disappointment. They can really validate how this feels for them. Most of us have had the experience, so we know the exhilaration and the excitement it is to go to prom, go to dance, and do all the senior activities. They're being robbed of that. And right. I think at the end of the day, we can even just have a dialogue and say, wow, well, I get it. That has to be really hard for you. Mm-hmm. I think that opens the door for them to have a place to really outlet a lot of that emotion. Right.
0: And I know one of the other things that we discussed, and I think that you were absolutely correct, you mentioned this may just be a time that we become extremely um, creative. Mm -hmm. I know our churches, I saw a post on um, the church uh, Facebook page where it said everyone's going to get dressed up on Easter Sunday anyway and just kind (laughs) of take pictures and post videos. And so maybe that's an idea in which they can still capture the moment in regard to prom or you know figuring out what's gonna happen with graduation. But I do think it comes to a point of being able to be honest and transparent, be able to bear your feelings, share what you're feeling with your parent, and then come up with some solutions that might be you know, something we can do in the interim.
2: Absolutely. Um, we are in a great day and age with social media. Um, there's so many ideas and people are circulating things. And with the fact that you can get on Facebook or Instagram, I promise you, at some point, somebody's going to have some ideas about how to celebrate graduation and celebrate all of these milestones, um, even though we won't be able to do it face-to-face and sitting together. And so um, even just being in the house right now, it's a great time to be creative. We're locked in. We are... With families, probably getting on each other's nerves at this point. Pretty much every family that I've talked to has already had a fight of some sort, even the ones that get along really well. And right. so um, there's just many things that we can do to try to get through this. We we have to remember that our families are not the enemy. And so mm-hmm. we don't want to turn on each other because when we're all let out of the house, we still have to live with each other. We still have to talk to each other. So the most I can do is go behind a door and slam the door. But at the end of the day, I still have to come out to eat. So bickering and fighting isn't going to really do us much good because we still got to live in the same houses together. So true. So true. Do you have anything on a day-to-day basis? I I, I know that
0: Sarita mentioned, and I I definitely can um, relate to this when she said more than anything, we need to exercise patience. And so um, I agree with you. I think that a lot of the parents have found in the last several weeks that they've gotten to know their children all over again, And um, they've learned some new things perhaps about their kids and more than anything else, I think they have a newfound level of respect for their teachers during this time. And so as we look at a way in which we can obviously embrace the new normal. Um, prepare for this virtual reality of teaching that's going to hit us starting next Monday. Mm-hmm. And so um, we start to look at routines and getting things back in place and a mindset of being back in school. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, what would you think, I think, on a day-to-day um, basis, in addition to routine and patience, Demetra, would you offer as insight to, to prepare and to keep our head in the game over the next
2: three weeks minimum, that we're in this situation? Well, I think we have, to, uh, do consist- we have to be consistent. And so even though we have a new normal now, it's really, like we so said, creating structure, making sure that we do have some semblance of a routine. It-, it may not have to be as rigid or as strict as it was during, you know, the time that they were getting up and going to school. Mm-hmm. However, having some level of consistency is really helpful for all of us. Okay. Yeah, at the same time in the morning, even if it's not as early as we did get up, but also making sure to go to bed at a decent time and mm-hmm. keep maybe the weekends as the time to really relax and play as opposed to just kind of willy nilly all week long. But I think it's also important to do things like maintain a healthy diet. We don't want to just keep eating and eating all these foods. We know that a lot of foods can really shut down our system and really cause us to be sluggish, to not respond as well. And we can get into more of that when we talk about, um, you know, emotionality and how that can really, you know, change things. But it's about – having appropriate space from one another just so many things that we can do to make sure that we don't completely fall off the wagon because we know this is summer vacation and even summer vacations for a lot of families can be structured parents are still going to work kids are still going out of the house maybe to a program or to visit with somebody or you know even to work but You know, if we really do have to be patient and we also have to breathe because sometimes we forget to breathe. When things get tense, we forget Mm -hmm. to really inhale Mm -hmm. and really exhale to make sure that we're circulating air within our lungs and getting oxygen to our brains. Mm -hmm. I think those are some of the main things that we need to do. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'm I'm coming down the home stretch with
0: I know the um, information that I wanted to at least share, put on the table, offer um, insight to our parents, our caregivers, our guardians on ways in which obviously we can get our keep our kids heads in the game as they now transition from um what was the new norm which was just kind of hanging out at home for the last three weeks which is now in preparation for virtual teaching and the virtual classroom the routines and eating well and um and for the parents making sure they're exercising patience on a consistent basis um if you were to Demetra, just kind of wrap everything up. What would be some of the stronger takeaways um, that you would share in keeping our head in the game until we can come together again and really kind of flesh out any new areas of concern?
2: I would say keep your head and eyes straight forward. I know that we're dealing with a lot right now, but this is a temporary situation. Even though day to day it may compound and feel like it's you know, going to go on forever, it really is temporary. And it really is a shift for us. And so one of the things that we can do is make sure that we're staying positive, mm-hmm. looking at the glass as half full rather than half empty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe doing some positive reflection and just thinking about how we've been able to manage crises and difficulties in the past, because we are here for a reason. And we're all at the point now where we've overcome a lot of obstacles in life. And so even taking the time, because most of the time we don't do that, we don't look back after we've come out of a situation to say, wow, okay, I made it through that. What is it that I did that helped me get to this point? And so we can take a moment while we're home, while we're with our families, reflect back on other situations that we've been through, how we've gotten to the point. Then we can start to look at the things that help us to get through um, another one is just to breathe, really just to take a moment and, and pause and, and breathe in. And so there's a great breathing activity called a four-seven-eight, where you inhale, inhale on four. You hold the breath for a count of seven, and then you exhale slowly on eight. And what it does is it really starts to get the oxygen circulating through your body like it's supposed to. Um, when you get oxygen to your brain, it clears the fog so you can think a little bit better. It also can clear the fog when you're frustrated and you're angry, and you want to, you know, lash out at somebody in close quarters like this, breathing Mm -hmm. is excellent. And children are really doing these exercises too. So you can do this with children, even from the age of, you know, two years old, when they can comprehend what you're saying, it's really teaching them how to do those breathing exercises. So there's plenty of things that we can do. Again, manage a healthy diet. I think a healthy diet is key. Get some exercise, whether you're exercising together Mm -hmm. or exercising just by yourself, get outside, go for a walk, get some fresh air. But um, at the end of the day, stay connected
0: stay connected. I love it. I love it. Um, Sarita, as we're wrapping up, is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with in regard to this season, this time, just um, to keep them in the right mindset, as Demetra said, staying positive, Mm -hmm. and then just keeping them lifted overall? Would it be anything that you would share?
1: Um, Well, the one thing that I would share is that, you know, with, as it relates to parents and the students, Um, Again, being patient Mm -hmm. um, and using your resources. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, a lot of times parents might think that it's cumbersome to reach out to the teacher or, you know, ask the teacher questions, but we're a resource. Um, And so the education process, like it's a it's a team effort. It's Mm -hmm. the teacher, the parent and the student. Mm -hmm. Um, And so use your resources, reach out to your your child's teachers find out what additional resources are out there there's a ton of resources that you can use to even supplement what the school is pushing out for the students to do um and to you know enjoy it um this you know the saying goes when life hands you lemons make lemonade like make the most of this um this situation because like it's it's unprecedented we've never seen it and we may not ever see it again Right. And so this could be an opportunity for us to get creative with how we teach and get even more creative with how we learn and mm-hmm. get creative with how we interact with and relate to one another because, um, you know, it, it's different. And so another thing that I would say that's super important is that while the work that's being pushed out in the virtual classroom may not be graded per se, it's absolutely important to be done and to be done with integrity and fidelity Because you you'll build on it next year. So while Mm -hmm. this year you may get like a pass fail grade, next year your teachers are going to be expecting that you learn the skills. And Mm -hmm. so don't take this lightly. That just because it doesn't have a letter grade attached to it, that it's not important. Because next year when you go to the next grade, your teachers are going to expect that you've learned what you you know what the information from the previous grade. So -hmm. definitely take it serious, but also have fun with it. Like learning doesn't have to be boring and you know like it can be fun so you really just have to you know (laughs) make the most like a lot of kids feel like learning in school is just so boring and just the most terrible thing but it's really not and so with the virtual classroom you have the opportunity to really um use the resources around you to to get the skills that you're supposed to learn in the classroom it's a bit more structured because there are certain things that we have to do in the classroom Mm
2: -hmm. but with the
1: virtual classroom the possibilities are literally endless and so use it to your advantage use social media use whatever other resources so that you can learn it doesn't have to be boring like you're at home in the comfort of your own home learning make it fun
0: right make it fun Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, I am so appreciative of both of you all being here and really sharing your insights, your experience, your knowledge. Um, I'm hearing while we're in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic, it is about family, it's about cohesiveness, it's about communication, it's about the ability to reach out and connect, even in the way in which we're doing now. We're not side by side, but virtually we're together. And I think mm-hmm. I think, at this season... Um, the platform of social media has actually done what it was initially intended to do, which is to connect mm-hmm. people
1: mm-hmm. because we
0: haven't had a choice except to do. This is the only way that we can communicate. And right. so as we talk tonight, I'm hearing patience. I'm hearing um, laying a foundation of a routine, being mindful of what's going into you, not only um, what you're taking educationally, but what are you eating physically? Um, what are you chewing on mentally and emotionally? What are you reading um, mm-hmm. and recognizing that the information that's being given to you, if it's a packet, if it seems like it's busy work, there's still a purpose to it. And I love what you said to do it with integrity. And so, as parents and caregivers, I'm hopeful that tonight and what we're sharing, it just prepares them to move forward with a level of integrity, a sense of fortitude and commitment, and kind of readjusting ourselves in this in this in this seat, this roller coaster that we're on right now with the mm-hmm. pandemic, um, but adjusting ourselves with a new attitude and being positive in preparation as we go into what's next over the next several weeks with teaching our children virtually. And so again, I'm grateful that you all were here. Um, Heartfelt gratitude to both of you, Sarita Brown, Dermitra Kearney. I appreciate you. Thank you for the ups and downs and support with the technical issues. But I think at the end of the day, the important information is gonna get through, the message is gonna get through, and we'll certainly find time to do this again. And to my listeners, as always, I ask you to remember And in
1: all circumstances, keep rising until next time.